Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. On today's episode, we're getting all spooky. Yes, that's right, we're doing a Halloween-themed episode. Of course, we're going to do all the themes coming up in the coming weeks and months. Uh, So I figured I'd do a Halloween episode for you guys. Um, I've got a special guest on with me today. If you've been paying attention to our social medias, you would have seen who it was already, but I'll introduce him in just a second. But if you're not following us on social media... Uh, why not? Uh, follow us at Take97Podcast on Twitter and at Take97Podcast on Instagram. Uh, for all of you picture fans out there, we'll be getting you on the gram and just keep up to date with all our content, really. And um, if there's anything you want us to cover or you think you want an opinion to be put across and any debates you want to be had in the social media sphere, put them out there. So back to the main point of this episode, though. I shall introduce my guest first of all. He's a good friend of mine, um, fellow independent filmmaker and creative. Uh, I've known him for a good four years now, I think, now uh, going on. Uh, And it's just a pleasure to have him on the podcast. And that is Simon Padley. Welcome to the podcast, Simon. Hello, David. Hello. No, it's it's an honour. Thank you very much for inviting no, it's me. No Thank problem you. at all. I, it's just a pleasure. I haven't seen you in God knows how long, but it's a pleasure to hear your voice again. No, absolutely. Yours too. It's been a fair few months, I think, and considering the times, you know. But now, nah, yeah, we're we're all we're all getting through. But no, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you've chosen the right person for today's podcast regarding spooky. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, as you can tell by his confidence in his voice, um, listeners. Simon is a very he's an avid horror fan uh, at heart and he just like if you could see if you I might link his um profile in the social media post after the show or you might already seen it already uh, but in his room he has got like the best collection of horror merchandise like you know oh, so, thank you, so David. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't actually been in the famous room but I've seen plenty of pictures and you've got so many like what sort of like what's your rarest what would you say like your rare, most rare treasured um item is that you got like a horror piece of horror memorabilia Ooh. um even my robert england signed board game mint Ooh. condition bringing out the nerd oh, in me now yes, david like that. um or 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 my um or my um or my life-size prop thing head from uh john carpenter's the thing uh i've got the norris spider head uh which is in a very iconic Ooh. scene uh but it's uh that, that's a rare piece uh i love it it's, it's a life-size prop and it's the only life-size prop i have but yeah you know amazingly crafted by you know uh, uh rob Botin who did all the uh, yes yes uh, honestly a, a legend of, of special effects if we ever knew one uh honestly you, you you've got like i just said you've got such a tre- such a treasure trove i'm actually like i've got tons of dvds and blu-rays around me but like you have got like premium film collector like material right there so you know when this is all sort of over or when i can next see you i'm definitely going to come over and like have a little sneaky peek at a few of your little bits and pieces because they're so there's so much cool stuff in your room so you know that's a little that's a little bit of insight for you guys at home who um obviously he's an avid collector and obviously loves his horror films which is why we got him on the episode today um but before we continue to our main topic well we'll be looking through a top five as uh, as such um of yours uh of films that you recommend for perfect halloween viewing um as this is uh being broadcast and put out on the friday before halloween uh so first of all i just want to talk to you about uh how you're coping how you're doing and um like what you do as like a fellow creative and just let everyone know what it is you enjoy what it is you specialize in in your creative process yes well uh with me obviously on mine it's uh i've 
produced and directed a movie, uh, which you were on set of. You yes, actually I helped. was. I <laughs> uh, was very that was Dark Detention. That was a happy dappy yeah. movie. Um, but altogether, it's a, at the moment. I um, it's you know with the current situation, I'm looking for uh, continue my work with actually filming uh, live performances and bands. Mm. You know of the heavy metal yeah. genre. Uh, you know which fits into play uh, with what I'm doing. But at the moment, with the current times, it's it's kind of finding that right record label to film yeah. with. But my dream thing is to still hopefully continue writing and doing short, you know, hopefully bring up more short films in the future uh, and, you know, maybe get, get into some film festivals, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but altogether now, my main thing is still direct and produce, you know, I, you know, I have a good team of people as you well know, yeah. David, uh, uh, but we're already, we are thinking of an, you know, another short film, which, Myself and Jack Bonner, uh, you know my second yes. creative, my my partner, my partner in, crime in crime, indeed, of the, of the film of the film world. Uh, but now we we start to write a script, and this one we really are we're writing many drafts. We're not rushing into this film like we've done with every single other <laughs> one, like just Doctor Who and Scarlet Ascension. It's gonna it's gonna hopefully be a lot more organised, but it's gonna yeah we're keeping it quiet. Yeah. But altogether projects and that you know it's it's a slow build up at the moment, as I'm sure you know. That is for a lot of us in the creative industry at the moment. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, like, like he just said, um, if you want to check out, it is readily available on YouTube, Scarlet Dissension. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I'm a bit biased because I was involved, but I think it's a pretty, pretty damn cool film, um, especially for like, uh, for, like, cause obviously we went to the same college. We were both sort of in that way of thinking of, you know, sh- short filmmaking and then building ourselves up. It's for a first, I think it's like your first ever, like, real hardcore short film because you've done like other things for like college and stuff but it was your first like foray into like independent filmmaking and such so i think it's quite a good achievement in that respect like in terms of the look of it and i think jack like you mentioned our friend jack um bonner he did a brilliant job on like making it look really nice and really cool in the cinematography respect yeah Yeah, absolutely no he is he's fantastic you know the cinematography he does for the movie and a lot of the editing it's how we work. I do a lot of the paperwork, the risk assessment, making sure the police don't come knocking on our door when someone's screaming <laughs> Bloody Mary in the in the bathroom. Quite you know, literally, in your respect, really, because you, you're quite used to it. Um, yeah. the, the subject, as I've said, Simon is a lover of his horror films. And of course, it would be wrong if he didn't, if his own short film or eventually a feature film wasn't horror based or had any horror elements in it. So, you know, keeping the police from knocking on your door is definitely top priority. <laughs> absolutely but no no thank you david now as i say we all we all contrast and i think that's what we all do as a a creative in this industry i think we all have our strengths and not so strengths in terms of you know maybe someone's better at the paperwork and the organizing and someone else is maybe better at the editing side rather than the cinematography and it's about clashing and contrasting with everyone's skill set and it's a beautiful thing it really is when it comes to the you know independent filmmaking and that and you learn so much off of everyone Mm -hmm. as well and it's a it's, it's good fun it really is it's obviously the stress is oh, there no. but it's oh no it's, it's worth it as you know yeah no of course and it's just you know the final product i think it's that release of oh we've done it you know there can be so many stresses throughout like and it doesn't you know it doesn't matter if you're on a time i was talking to a, a john Sherzang, a friend of mine on a couple of weeks ago on the pod of one of the podcast episodes and he has worked with a lot of like a big variation of um, filmmakers from student films all the way up to Hollywood productions. And 
And oh, wow. He was, uh, yeah, yeah. Checking if you haven't listened to his episode, I, I, I encourage you. I think it's episode 12 uh, on the podcast. Have a listen to his little in conversation. I will but, do. I will but do. He, uh, yeah, but like I was talking to him and some, if anyone who's listening remembers, it, the, the etiquette is pretty much for him anyway as a person. He treats it the same, whether it's a student film or a really professional Hollywood production. Um, and I feel that's what you say about like, contrasting and getting all these different people together that's the real nice i don't know the element that you get from filmmaking independent filmmaking a little bit more so because you're more on your like so everything's a bit more raw then it's not as polished as a hollywood production with its massive budget um but i do look forward to seeing what you come up with next uh and obviously if guys check out scarlet ascension it's on simon's youtube channel i will give it a link good. after this episode yeah good yeah, Klondike Productions yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah all yeah. on there. Uh, but so obviously you're an independent filmmaker, but because, uh, and I mentioned independent filmmaking, it's quite interesting we talk about that because a lot of the great horror directors started off as independent filmmakers and a lot of their best work is done or was done, sorry, on the cheap and in that independent side of things. So for instance, I mean, I won't ne- mention too many names because I think one of them we do mention in your top five in a moment, um, but there's so many. Yeah. Um, I will mention some directors, so the likes of John Carpenter, uh, Tobe Hooper, various different, like there's so many, like you've had big budget Hollywood um, horror films, but the best ones in my opinion, I, I'm sure you might agree, is the independently made ones, which have that, gritty rawness to them but at the same time of low budget horror movie aesthetic but at the same time it's like oh it's you know it's it's very authentic if that makes sense what would you say to that no agree i 100 percent. i love the films where you know it looks all grainy after the edit mm. you know a classic examples you know west craven's hills of eyes Ooh. you know the original not the remake no, not the remake. hills of eyes is grainy it's grainy it's old it's um it just it does look done on the cheap but that also brings the realism into it at the end of the day, which I might mention when we talk about a film we'll bring up shortly. Oh, yes. Nah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Not, not saying I don't like the expensive remake, though, if it's done correctly. There are a yeah. few I don't mind. Yeah. The, no, I agree. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few. And we'll get to this because I've got a couple that I'm going to mention as well. Um, there's a couple I'm just like, why would you do that? It's like you've you've got you've crossed a line. Um, but we'll come back to that later. So um, I'm going to kick things off so I'll, I'll set things up for you and um we'll run with the pace and just see what we what we do and these are all just recommendations for you guys at home yeah. to watch over this halloween mm-hmm. night because obviously not many people are going to be going out trick-or-treating i don't think this year i think i, t- I saw an <laughs> advert for a supermarket literally just like before i started recording and it was yeah. oh we're not going at you we're not going to go out this year so we're going to make a thing of being inside so oh, that's not depressing enough but i i think <laughs> the, the advert itself did quite a good job and i think what we're doing here is we're going to give you if you're a film fan or you really love you know you want something to do beyond you know sipping your own punch depressingly on the sofa thinking oh i could be outside well you could get the feeling of being outside with these next picks that we're going to tell you about so uh, <laughs> uh yeah so yeah absolutely that's brilliant yeah yeah i you know why not bring the aesthetic of, of you know halloween inside you know i must admit, bring, bring everything in i fancy some fruit punch now david i really do oh, it's a shame. <laughs> i mean i i know you made a cup of tea for yourself before we started this but you really should have made some punch for you i mean i'm 
I'm just as boring. I'm I'm sure done, man. <laughs> I, I, I think I can just about see my, my blood orange um, soda just in the corner. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my. Oh, my. David. No, no. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. No, but back to the main business of film, though. Um, so the first one, we're going to go through this little list that I've got here that you suggested before we came on. Um, so the first one is actually the one I wanted to mention a second ago. Um, it's directed by John Carpenter. It was released in 1970. Uh, yes. And it's a very, it, it's a favourite of mine, and I know it's definitely a favourite of yours. Um, so why don't you tell us about it? Well, basically, well, um, obviously John Carpenter's uh, Halloween, yes, essentially. Is, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what it is. Uh, to be honest, what else are you going to watch on Halloween? I know many listeners might go, oh, really, Halloween? But we all know about that movie. But this film really, it really did, it changed an element of horror. Uh, and this was in also in the year with other films within the same year frame the 70s horror movies really started to do and a different approach compared to your universal horrors with halloween um i think it's just the case of the mystery which you know character michael myers is and even because uh, i did meet michael myers i met nick castle who plays him he plays the shape of him there's also um a, a stunt double uh, but when i met him is is essentially how where when i met nick castle he was talking to me about the the process of how Michael Myers is always a mysterious character. And now that's why the remake of Halloween, and this is, I've got to be clear here why we say the 1978 Halloween yes. is because obviously there was the Rob Zombie remakes and uh, they're, they're a lot more brutal, but they also go into the character of Michael Myers a bit more. And it, it takes that mystery away of who Michael Myers, who is he, you know, but in Rob Zombie's yeah. version straight away, it's, well, now we, we know his backstory. And as much as that was a nice yeah. added narrative, it really doesn't take away what the original was. And the originals normally do stick. And again, back to your point about it's better when it's more low budget and made, which Halloween was, it really, it just felt more real. And again, with all that grainy look and, you know, Laurie Strode screaming down the streets, the boogeyman, the yeah. boogeyman, you know, it's it's just, a, it's, <laughs> it really is a classic. And it's a, it's it's not a gory one as well. If any of you like, no. out there are worried about gore or whatnot, it's not one of those ones which plays on that. It plays more on the uh, scary, stalky approach that someone's yeah. always watching you, and it's that really can get into you, if, um, especially late at night drinking your blood orange punch, David. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, honestly, I I'm not the best with. I mean, I'm not squeamish of blood or anything because like there's blood in some of the older films, but like I'm not really a fan of the all of these horror films these days which rely too much on the gore so i feel like that's why i like the older ones like halloween 1978 and ones like it because you don't you get that element of all oh, this thing scary or oh, it's very dark very evil but you don't get this it's not a blood fest then i mean i think blood being used on screen can be used so well and if it's executed properly but at the same time it's just you know a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's a horror movie. Throw blood at it and it'll be great. And it, that's not the case. So, exactly. And the other thing with Halloween, you know, it's, it's very tension-based. And, you know, when I first watched it, I expected it to be scarier in the sense that it was like, I was expecting more gore when I, because I, before I watched it, I never watched it before. Yeah. And I, and you, I watched it for the first time. I thought, oh, that's actually more creepy than anything. And I think that's the real magic of a lot of the old films as well, the ones that I like. And, some of the ones that get it right nowadays. Um, and I think leading on from that, because you mentioned, obviously you mentioned um, Halloween, John Carpenter, 1978. It's a great film. 
the next one I was gonna will bring our attention to is also another seventies classic, which again, it's something that you. I mean, you love everything horror, but like this one, I feel that you like in particular. I know you've. I've seen you do posts about this on your socials. Um, t- the uh, 1974 Tobe Hooper film. And I'll let you tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, absolutely. Well, what we're talk- what David's talking about here, of course, is the original 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And if someone asks me, what is my favourite horror movie? That is what I say. Uh, and I think, and it's n- near, near boarding Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It's really next door to that. But no, Texas mm. Chainsaw Massacre. It's and out of all the other films, it's it is my favourite one. Um, mm. Basically, I love it's 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 build up again. This is another film where there's not a lot of gore in it. Uh, very similar to 78's Halloween. There's you would expect Texas mm. Chainsaw Massacre to be a gore fest when really it isn't. A lot of it's just mm. it's it happens so raw. And um, spoiler mm. talk here for anyone who kind of hasn't seen it. The first reveal of Leatherface, I won't say when, but he has a he has a mallet in his hand, but it just happens so abruptly and there's no score or anything. It's all kind of just real. Like mm. in Marcus Nispel's 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's more, it's got more, you can tell it's got that Hollywood budget behind it. So yeah. in the remake where Leatherface does appear, similar to the original, this time it does have that score and it does have that, overdramatic Hollywood budget involved and I think that takes that rawness away and that's what the 1974 film really does it it feels so real even when you watch it today I bet you could even watch it on an original VHS t- tape if you still mm. got one uh, I've got mine on my, I've got mine on Blu-ray now but it's still whichever system you watch it on it's honestly it's just so raw it's so it's a film which holds so much realism and I think that's what ha- that's how Toe Hooper changed cinema history, and I think yeah. Leatherface, aka Thomas Hewitt, a character who's based on Ed Jean, who w- mm. which was based on a real story. Uh, only the character, the film, really goes way over control on what the true story was about. But if you're interested, you can look up the history of Ed Jean if you want, and you know have yeah. some fun, but don't scare yourself too much. But no, essentially, um, with with uh, Toe Hooper's film, he really changed the aesthetic of of horror and he gave meaning in this because i guess with universal horror films we all can't we might you know relating to the wolfman or relating to certain characters it's it's more ghouly it's more monstery but yeah. leatherface was the first killer which actually was human and was struggling behind a face and yeah that's a really scary thing i think and uh, that's one thing that always holds to me in that film and it is the film of screams if you guys are fancying a you know, you've got a good speaker system or even just your normal telly. Pull up full volume. It's the film of screams. You know, uh, Marilyn Burns screams throughout the whole entire film. It just doesn't stop. And uh, oh, it's 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 fantastic. It really is. And it's it's scary in that way that you could actually feel like you're in that position because of how real the film takes you. And I think Tobe Hooper really put a stamp mark on horror with that movie, which I yeah, think, no, I, which I think yeah, inspired uh, Michael Myers in a way yeah exactly i mean to be fair yeah i I mean we did this in this order just because we didn't want to be too chronological but um obviously this one was made and released before uh john carpenter's um masterpiece as it were Uh, and it's it you can tell there's like i think i feel with horror films especially obviously we mentioned the the tradition of low budget uh the the need of a low budget in 
like the blood so to speak of a horror film like you're building on the shoulders of the previous one but still maintaining that like same aesthetic throughout the entire uh run of them so obviously we've got um you know all the techniques that were explored in so obviously even a year before this one we had out um the exit of william freakins the exorcist yes and honestly like the special effects there's a really cool video which has been circulating on um social media of all that how they did all the behind the scenes behind the scenes film and i think you you've probably seen it i'm sure you have um I'm where sure it's I got have. all the yeah it's got all the um like how all the crew set up all the like all the tricks and like lighting tricks and the set movements to make it look like that it was being controlled telekinetically yeah. um it's just am- like amazing how human invention and ingenious really brought that along and it really speaks more volumes, uh, like volumes more than the CGI of today. Like I appreciate computer generated generated imagery, yeah. for, like when it's needed, but I feel with horror, you can't really, you know, you can't go too far too wrong with the like practical effects. Then practical effects are the thing that I miss the most about modern horrors, anyway. Me too, me too. And uh, if see back to your point, CGI I think does very well if the right person or right director really knows. And obviously, myself, I've never worked with CGI, you know, before. But I think some films, what I've gotten away with it is films like The Conjuring, uh, directed by James mm. Wan, because they yeah. do a mix of the practical effects and they hide the CGI very well in that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, you, you you may get sequels which get carried away. Like, eventually, you then have The Conjuring 2, The Nun. And no, they're still yeah. films I enjoy at the end of the day, but they're not. No, your point exactly, it's... Is the aesthetic of effects, which you know that it will always hold out on top, being prosthetics, liquid latex masks, all sorts of all that good yeah. stuff, uh, which we tried to do in our <laughs> independent films. But it is just finding that yes. time and talent, and that's that's the point. I think this day and age, films are one be coming out on release so quickly, and CGI mm. is just a quicker way of doing it. But I think you're right yeah. in in the horror in the in the respects of the horror genre. I think it's about revealing that horrible, scary face. Like, look at yeah. the werewolf in London, um, the effect. Oh, American that. werewolf yeah, in London. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I missed the American bit. <laughs> but no, American <laughs> werewolf in London, that, the effects in that, again, it's all, oh, I can't get over the effects in that. But unfortunately, that's I mean, not on that our one, five list. <laughs> no, it's not. But I will say now, honourable mention to American werewolf in London, because that, I believe, is the film that actually, because after, so The Elephant Man, directed by David Lynch, had really great um, prosthetics and they didn't get recognized by the Oscars because makeup and like that sort of side of things wasn't really a big and special effects wasn't a big part of the Oscars. Mm. And then 1980 comes along, uh, like um, 1981, sorry, the 1981 Oscars and American Werewolf in London was the first one, if I remember rightly, to win uh, the Oscar for special makeup effects and stuff like that. Um, yes. So- I, I think it's you know it's such a testament to how well they did the a job they did with those prosthetics, but obviously we have David Lynch to thank for that to Absolutely. begin that little trail. <laughs> um, but moving on to um the next one in your list, so obviously we've mentioned uh, Michael Myers and Halloween classic, uh, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, we're going a bit different now. We're going a bit more forward in time. And it's not a film, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it's not a film I've seen. It's a film I'm going to watch, though, after this, but I'm going to let Simon sort of do his thing. 
Um, and I'll give the title away. I'll let, I'll introduce this one. So it's Brain Dead, nineteen ninety two, directed by our favourite. Um, I won't say he's New Zealand or Australian. I don't want to get them mixed up. New <laughs> Zealand director. New Zealand, <laughs> definitely. Uh, our favourite director from New Zealand, Mr. Peter Jackson. Which, when I read that, actually, I was pretty surprised. I was like, he did, he did, he made that film. Yeah. I was like, I always know him as the Lord of the Rings guy, but you know, t- tell us more about Brain Dead. Uh, before I do, I'm literally going to tell you this now. I've shown this movie to many friends for one reason only, which we're about to get into. But yeah, basically, it shows how many of people don't read the credits at the beginning of a movie because i always say at the end of the film do you know who directed that and produced that and they were like oh oh no, no um who and i was like peter jackson who did lord of the rings and everyone's reaction is no way you know way. you know some reactions have added profanity involved but it's peter jackson's i think the third and third film after bad taste and meet the feebles um i'm not quite sure there might be a second but ah, oh, it's the um I recommend this movie because it's so different. It's essentially a romance film with zombies in it. So if any of you couples are out there, you know, want to get snuggly on the sofa and watch a scary movie, this this one might recommend to you. But there's a big catch here, guys. It's the goriest movie to date from 1992, and it still holds the most goriest film out there. And it's the most goriest film I've ever seen. You could watch Saw 1 to Jigsaw. You could watch all eight Saw films in a row, and that doesn't even add a quarter of gore to what is in Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. It's, it's astonishing how much production money just went on gore and blood-looking things, and yeah. essentially it's about this character called Lionel, and uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's working with his mother. Uh, he, well, he works with his mother, essentially. Lionel, bless him, he's, he's used by his mum a lot, and eventually Lionel meets uh, Nikita, uh, who's you know the the love the love interest in the movie, but with with what goes on, there's this. I've got to be careful now because obviously spoiler territory. But there's this, yeah. But there's this Samaritanian rat monkey <laughs> from this crazy Skull <laughs> Island, and basically it bites it 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 bites someone, and it shows that okay, this this monkey is what starts off this not zombie apocalypse, but just all this happening in one house. And I think that's why I love Brain Dead because. Uh, the Samaritan rat monkey ends up in an area of New Zealand, and it ends up in the zoo. Oh. And basically, Lionel oh. and Lionel's mum goes to the zoo, and Lionel's mum gets bitten. So you know, um, I'm not going to say too much more because obviously, you guys, you, you might want to watch this. But the rest of the film then kind of takes place in the house. So it's almost like it's a haunted house movie, but it's just all zombies. But the yeah. it's also so funny. It's because Peter Jackson. Yeah. Peter Jackson's a director. He doesn't take horror films seriously. In an interview, uh, I think back in 2013, at a, at a convention, I think in the US, yeah, um, Peter Jackson mentions how he can't take horror films seriously, but he loves them. So he adds his funny quirk in it. So think if you like Shaun yeah. of the Dead, Ed, Edgar Wright's Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, it's one of these type of movies. It's funny. It's not to take too seriously, but oh my, it's very, very, very gory. I cannot stress that enough. Um, it, if you, yeah, it, I was... Yeah, I was reading. I was going to say, sorry, um, just to interrupt you. That I was going to say when I read up that I haven't read the plot, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this after afterwards. But I what I read up on it, and it was like obviously Peter Jackson. That was a bit of a shock for me at first, and it said slapstick zombie movie, uh, z- zombie comedy, and I was like, that sounds like you know, obviously it's clearly where like you said, Shaun the Dead, 
um, things like Zombieland, Zombieland Double Tap, where they got their inspiration from um, for nowadays. Uh, but honestly, it just it looks, although you say it's quite gory, it looks like quite a lot of fun, especially if you do like your horror films. Yes, and it's just very funny. Some of the situations, which I'm not going to say or spoil, are ridiculous. Yeah. Some situations was actually for 1992. If it was filmed in the 70s, it would have probably been banned, just like your Mears Archie's I Spit in Your Grave. Because there's some scenes in it which yeah. are actually very shocking. But no, I agree. Um, on IMDb, you know, is at the top of the goriest list of all horror movies. At the end of the day, if you Google Brain Dead or the top 10 goriest films, Brain Dead's always on top of the list. It's insane. And it's and it's all practical as well. No CGI. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. And it's also is 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 it's just so funny because it's also so romantic, but it shouldn't be because it's a zombie horror house comedy and it's ah, it's 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 so well done. It really is. Well, you've you've really set this up for me, Simon. So I I, I expect myself to enjoy it. I hope a lot I hope now. many. You've really oh, really set me up. I say yeah, sorry to interrupt there, but um, no, it's I, fine. <laughs> out of all the lists we're mentioning, I, I to be honest, I should probably say this at the end, but I probably do recommend Brain Dead the most if I'm cutting early, but. Nah, it, no, that's fine. No, I mean, just, we can change our minds yeah, halfway. Yeah, true. <laughs> but you've, oh, I'll tell you what, you've got you've to gotta have a good stomach. It's one, it's the gorest film ever made, and it still will be yeah, for the time maybe, to come. Yeah, maybe save your um your sweets and treats and stuff <laughs> after you watch this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but um, moving on to, so we've got two more on your list now. So we'll briefly cover this one, and then the last one I want to talk to you about a bit more because it's one of my favourites. <laughs> uh, the next one... It, the next one is um, Brian Bettino, if I said his name correctly, released in 2008, and it is The Strangers, which I'm not going to lie, when you said this in your list, I was like, I don't really know what that one is. And then I realized when you sent me a picture, you tagged me in something on, on Facebook, you were like, oh, it's this one. I'm like, oh, that yeah. one, because I haven't watched it in so long, but it is proper freaky. So tell us a bit more just briefly about The Strangers. Of course. Well, it uh, it stars uh, the famous Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Um, but The Strangers is it's this is the scariest film in the list, and this is for all of you people who want an actual good scare. And I mean this in terms of suspense. Uh, this is probably the most psychological horror movie I've seen, which has generally terrified me. Um, I watched it late at night the other evening. Um, they reached they re they recently just released a limited edition Blu-ray. I have. Four versions of this film. That's how much I love this movie. But I tell you what, <laughs> The Strangers. It's it's all about one simple thing, which in the industry could be so hard to achieve, and that is how you build up suspense. The Strangers, I think, mm. is one of the top films I recommend for if you want something what really builds up. It's a terrifying movie, and it's also a movie which is genuinely based on something that historically happened and it's the most realistic historical kind of inspiration to a film. Like we talked about the 1974 mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Leatherface was based on Ed Gein, but the movie went way over the top and it really isn't based yeah. on that kind of Ed, like that Ed Gein setup, but the strangers really does. Yeah. And the strangers actually does take that form of telling you what happened in real life before the film begins, just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre does. It gives that lovely credit intro. But with The Strangers, the yeah. suspense is beautiful and Liv Tyler's performance, oh my word, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's uh, And it's a very heavy story to watch, uh, but I'm not going to mention anything about this one because suspense. Yeah. No, let them, yeah. 
but let them uh, see what I, I t- it is when they watch. I tell you what, what you need at night when when you're at home alone or whether you're with someone, watch it together, snuggle up. I can guarantee you now this film will make you jump. I'm actually very confident in saying normally you're supposed to say 99.9%, but I, this film will 100% get you at one point. <laughs> it will. It's terrifying. <laughs> at the end of the day, it got me. And I'm not bigging myself up as, oh, the biggest horror fan. But honestly, I'm a massive horror fan. Yeah. And The Strangers, you know, directed by Brian Bettino. Brian Bettino, he nailed suspense. And don't watch the sequel, though. Oh. There's, there's a second Strangers film. Make sure you don't mix it up. So, because, yeah, there's there's a second one. And that one was dreadful. But the first Strangers, <laughs> the first Strangers, oh, I could not stress enough again. It's a film with so much suspense, and it's a very simple yeah. film as well. But sometimes, David, simple as bliss. Yeah, yeah, it is, and you know that all too well from your own um, filmmaking talents. I would yeah. say that now. Um, you, it's funny you mention um, suspense because that links us perfectly, perfectly into the next one, hey. directed by the master of suspense himself, uh, and we are talking about. And I love this one. It's one of my all-time favorites. It is. Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 classic. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say a few words myself because, I mean, you, you're you very well versed in everything else, but like this one, no, I I'm, personally, it's one. I'm going to let you, Brie, on a sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to let your energy out on no. Psycho right now. So, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, it's one of my, I mean, I love Hitchcock in general, but in terms of a go to horror film, or if someone said, oh, you've got to watch like, three or five like we've done today uh five films that are horror or halloween themed uh pick a couple uh psycho would always a hundred percent always be in there um i it's just it's not it's not like any of these other like it's not it's psychological in a lot of respects but it's not again like many of the older the best horrors that you've mentioned it's not complicated it's quite simple. It's full of suspense. It's per- pitch perfect in terms of its tone. Um, I remember, like, obviously, if anyone's another recommendation as a sort of a good pairing with this one is the um, the biopic uh, with Anthony Hopkins and Helen Mirren yeah. in it uh, called Hitchcock, uh, which explores like the making of Psycho. It's mostly it's funny because it's called Hitchcock and it's about Hitchcock, but it's mostly about like his wife, Alma. Um <laughs> and her involvement in the fil- filming and making of Hitchcock and the writing of it. But again, going back to your point, um, Ed Gein uh, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is kind of also based around that as well. Like, like there's so many horror films you can attribute Ed Gein to, like there's Silence of the Lambs, Texas, uh, Chainsaw Massacre, and Psycho. And obviously Psycho, there's a little bit more of a weird, mysterious element in the biopic, which I encourage people to watch, but psycho is like it's a i purely recommend it if you want it like um i think you recommend it for one of the other films turn your speakers up for this one because you're going to want to be if you want to be scared i recommend absolutely it. <laughs> no and it, it literally says what it is on the tin when you watch it is uh it, it is terrifying and it is psycho uh, i still remember watching it for the first time and the thing is um there's there's that there's the famous shower scene which obviously everyone knows about loads of films Loads Every of films episode. have spoofed it, etc. But there's one scene I'm not going to yeah. talk about, I think, just because of how much it got me. But I I hope, David, you know which scene I'm on about. Um, there's loads, but oh, yeah. there's just... I don't want to say it, because for those who haven't, it's this, it's my favourite scene, and it's really annoying, because I want to bring it up. Yeah. But to be honest, I'm, I'm actually going to probably tell you once <laughs> this podcast is finished, 
So that would tease everyone out. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Open up the conversation. Um, for those of you guys who have seen Psycho, though, uh, watch it again because it's great. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you mm. need to watch it. Um, like all, all of these ones that Simon's recommended, highly recommend those. They're, you know, give them a go. But Psycho, for me as well, put my seal on there. I absolutely love it. It's got the brilliant Janet yes. Lee in it, who is the mother of, of l- horror legend Jamie Lee Curtis, who stars in our other I don't, brilliant. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's brilliant. Brilliant connections everywhere. And also, um, I don't know whether you know this, um, but I know Jamie Lee Curtis, she was in, it was a short-lived TV show uh, called Screen yes. Queens. And there was actually, the second season was terrible. <laughs> I will say this now. <laughs> But the they did do an homage to the shower scene, and it's quite funny. I mean, I don't mind spoiling this because it wasn't a very good season. Just find it on YouTube, guys. But uh, I think it's um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in the shower. Exactly. I think they did it shot for shot to like pay they homage to Hitchcock's shower scene. And eventually, she's not in there. She whacks the murderer, the, this mass murderer, on the head. Um, which is quite funny. And she goes, I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I love that. I love that self-awareness that she has, but like uh, of her, and it was quite nice. It's probably the best part. I think it is season two that's in it. Season two is terrible yeah. as Screen Queens, but like, I think that's probably that's the best what, part. That's probably what makes it, it worth it. And that's what saved season two, I think. But no, I've seen that and it's brilliant. Yeah, you exactly. see a lot of them. Um, if you actually put Psycho into Google, famous shower scene, you might actually see, you might actually mix the two up with, the Jamie Lee Curtis approach, yeah, and the original. But uh, I tell you what, though, it's uh, a yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the oldest film on our list. We could have gone so much older, you know. At the end of the day, when you yeah first came to me about this, I could talk about a hundred movies, back from Universal to more yeah. slashes. But again, no, uh, it's a really hard one. Psycho is phenomenal, but again, on my list, I I, I Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me still. It's the first proper slasher as well. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, it's really the first. It's what Toe People brought to the table. I think, and that's why we are lucky to have Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger, even Chucky, even as a slasher, even though it's a bit more yeah. over the top. <laughs> oh, Chucky. We, we, we can't go without mentioning Chucky. Oh, that's absolutely, <laughs> but oh, I can't stress, oh, sorry, I've got The Strangers in my head now, and I'm going to watch that again tonight, it's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, please do, please do, get your Halloween fix before tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when this goes out. Um, but yeah, no, I... I love all your picks, um, but I'm going to mention, so I'm not going to go into as much detail for some of them, but like, I'm going to give you a quick rundown. So I came up with Ooh, okay. five as well. And, uh, and a couple of honorable mentions as well for people to watch at home. So obviously there's the five that Simon has mentioned. So we've had uh, Halloween 1978, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974, Braindead 1992, The Strangers 2008, and obviously The King or Queen, however you want to look at it, of them all, Psycho <laughs> 1960. <laughs> I mean, it is the woman that gets yeah. killed in the shower. So, <laughs> horror. Um, but yeah, the the ones I have noted down. So you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street, um, yes. Freddy Krueger. I have that on my list. As much as I encourage people to watch the first one, I would say, for me personally, a recommendation is not the second one because that's terrible. I don't like that one. <laughs> the um, second one's it, my favorite. Just... I'm not joking. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just so different from the others. I mean, it's got right. some. It's very weird. It's interesting because it brings up some, like it, it's got like that it homoerotic does, subtext, but, but it, which deals. It's quite interesting the way it does it, but it's not my favorite. My favorite, personally, is the nineteen. So the first Nightmare on Elm Street um, yes. was nineteen eighty four, um, and the but the one I particularly would recommend yeah. is the third one. 
which I think if you've seen the first one, watch the third one directly after because no, no offense to the second one, but I feel the third one is more of a, from the 1987 um, Chuck Russell uh, film. So Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. It really, I feel that connects more to the first one than the second one. The second yeah. one's a bit of fun, I would say. If you want some Halloween fun, watch the second one. But the third one, Dream Warriors, I think the tone of it and the the, the eerie ghostly flashbacks to like uh, Freddy Krueger's mother and like all a bit of the backstory being revealed here and that, you know, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but so you guys should watch it. But for me, Dream Warriors out of the sequels is probably yeah, that's my a really good point man actually that um, is a really good point I, dream warriors essentially is yeah. i think it's one an audience connect can connect to a lot as well uh so that is a good shout but yeah yeah, yeah. it's a good shout but yeah the um and then the rest on my so that one i love um but yeah so the original or, and then watch the third one after if you were if you want to skip two or watch two for fun uh and then the other ones on my list i've got um if you're christmas mad but also like halloween I feel you should be watching A Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah, the, uh, Tim yes, Nightmare yes, Before Christmas. yeah. Because, I mean, it's the perfect film. You know, it's Halloween taking over Christmas and Halloween goes into Christmas. So, you know, <laughs> what more do you want? Um, the 1993 classic from Tim Burton. And it's got some brilliant stop motion in there. It's beautifully made. I uh, love Tim Burton's work overall. Anything Tim Burton yeah, actually got. Uh, just watch that. And the, and, the, um, and the songs as well. You also... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um uh, another one I watched this the other day actually, so not um, not even today, but I might watch it again. Um, the original Ghostbusters, the nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters. Uh, love that, love that film. I mean, you can watch the second one as well if you want a double bill as well. But I love the first one; it's truly amazing. Um, and then obviously you got you mentioned Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which uh-huh. is on my list. Uh, I love The Shining. I mean, what's your what would you say your favorite bit from the shining is because oh, i know you like it as question. much as i do oh, I mean, that's I... really tricky i'll let you go first yeah for me yeah i for me i would say i i love the imagery the way it's all put together it's brilliant um and the scene obviously everyone loves the here's johnny uh but i i love the bit it's the bit where jack's uh so jack nicholson is swinging his baseball bat uh well no he's chasing yes. after um shelly duvall and Kelly Duvall's swinging the baseball bat and then she whacks him and he falls down the stairs. I just love it. I feel that's the moment you realise, oh, absolutely. The no, down. that's, to be honest, <laughs> I was going to mention the same scene. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. Uh, but one thing I love it, one thing I love about that movie, and you have to watch it so many times, but there's a reputation of this film because originally r- written by Stephen King, when everyone thinks The Shining, yeah. most people think, oh, Stanley Kubrick. But no, um, Stanley Kubrick kind of made yeah, his own exactly. film, and there's lots of hidden Easter eggs in that movie, by yeah. the way, David. Like, I don't uh, when 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 yeah, uh, the so... cook, the chef, is driving back to the Overlook. There's a tipped over yellow Beetle car. Yeah, and um, in uh, no, yeah. it's red. Sorry, it's red. I think. But Stephen King, he had a yellow Beetle, yeah. but Stanley Kubrick wanted it to be a different color. And there's loads of things in the movie in the, yeah. in, in the Shining, which is changing what Stephen King wanted. And I think. Stanley Kubrick was just like, yeah, I, I want it to be my own, and he he did though. That's the thing. He took yeah. the shining, I think, it, from him, and that's why I think there was a series which then came along, uh, which didn't do as well. Oh, yeah, is that that mini series, the nineteen ninety seven? But oh, quickly, that was terrible. But yeah, but I, yeah, I yeah it's, but quickly uh, yeah. going on from that though, the shining is oh, it's a one, it's a wonderful film, and it's well, it's filmed by Stanley Kubrick, so you know it, you're going to get that beautiful composition. Yeah, and, oh, it's just it's. It's nice. It's, it's an amazing film, but uh, Jack Nicholson's performance and Shelley Duvall's yeah. as well. 
It's a bit controversial. Some people just think Shelley DeVille yeah. just a, I guess you could say a whining queen instead of a scream queen. But no, I think she did a great job. <laughs> yeah, the, the ultimate whining cre- queen. Oh, we got to get that tre- trending. Hashtag whining <laughs> Absolutely. queen. Absolutely, put a list <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but uh, no, obviously I love The Shining. I would say... Out of all my mentions, I'd say The Shining is my number one. So you've yeah. got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. I've got The Shining. Um, but my last mention, I would say as well, is Carrie. The, the Brian De Palma 1976 version of Carrie. Um, not, the ter- not the 2013 version, um, which I, if people want to compare them, that's fine. But for me, I highly recommend the 1970s version. It's pure. It's another Stephen King adaptation. Um, it is. It's brilliant. It's just amazing. I just can't. I wasn't you know, expecting the, the that. ending. I will <laughs> let you guys. The ending. No one expects it, but I will let you guys find out for yourselves. And finally, honorable mentions uh, for this. I you mentioned yes. the Universal Monsters. Uh, I would say I've got a nice, lovely Blu-ray collection, which has got a load of the milestone oh, films nice. like Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Goon. But the one I'm going to recommend to you guys as we close this off is. The original 1931 ah, yes. Dracula uh, with Bella Lugosi in it, because quite frankly, if you haven't seen that, you haven't experienced your first taste of horror <laughs> the world has ever wow. seen. It's pure, like amazing acting on Bella Lugosi's part. I just, I love it. It's one of my favourite classics. Then, out of all the classic Hollywood films, that one, especially for Halloween, that is my go-to, and, and it's very creepy and eerie. That still it's gets me. Perfect. That little bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's, it's the shot that they they always use it on the universal promotions don't they where they show um like a hundred years of classic films yeah you, show that shot yeah the, the, the shot really evil face of bella lugosi it's such a haunting image but it's so perfectly executed by um i think it was jay was it james, uh, yeah, james well, well yes yes one, and then i think i don't know oh it's yeah uh, it's quite crazy really how i haven't mentioned a universal horror movie but if i did mention one i would have to say probably the mummy or boris carlos mummy because oh, oh. yeah the mummy good old boris karloff it's amazing and speaking of halloween before mm-hmm. we conclude this obviously i don't know where you where you stand on this but if anyone out there loves a netflix binge um i would say get your stranger things thing on because that is definitely i would say particularly the first two seasons are perfect for halloween viewing especially number two because see, seasons two has actually got like the kids dress up as ghostbusters uh, they've got all that 80s nostalgia and it's just amazing like in the you know there's actual pumpkins rotting in a pumpkin patch <laughs> because it's set at halloween time i just you know i mean i don't know i'm gonna shock you, you now things, i haven't but, seen you know... a single episode so i'm gonna take the recommendation on that because i do oh, have oh. netflix so i should get on board on that asap i think yes i would say definitely do it i would say definitely well i mean i've only watched it this year as well so i'm pretty new to it but i loved it um the first two seasons definitely halloween viewing third season if you like your 80s retro stuff definitely watch that but especially season two it's oh, got okay. serious halloween i'm, I'm, no, I'm gonna i'm gonna uh, take the word on that i'm definitely gonna yeah. go for that i think david no <laughs> i'm loving this we're giving each other recommendations <laughs> on the spot i'm loving it so i'm gonna watch this uh brain oh, please, i can't wait until you tell me how you found that movie <laughs> seriously guys i'm gonna i'll oh, just I again, I recommend Brain Dead out the most on my list. All the strangers, I think. I'm not even recommending my favorite, which is the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. But honestly, for a suspense of the strangers, for realism, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974, or yeah, uh, oh, the Gore Fest. Yeah. I, I cannot wait until you come back with your review on Brain Dead. 
thank you. Our time is coming to an end, Simon, for our little recommendations for Halloween. I've loved having this little chat with you and just talking to you as well, just opening up the conversation. Um, I look forward to the day you do invite me into your bedroom to see your massive horn. No, absolutely. I'm still collecting. It's never going to stop. <laughs> Since 2007, I've been collecting, and it's, uh, never it's one of my one of my joys. It really is. A nerd at heart. <laughs> But no, thank oh, you. Good. Well, no, I will not. But no, no, collecting. thank you for having me on. Honestly, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope I've not talked too fast. <laughs> yeah. No, <I'm... laughs> no, you haven't. No, I mean, you've been a wealth of knowledge. I've absolutely enjoyed it. I love it when my guests come on and they're like, oh, I'm going to own this. I know what I'm talking about. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. It's absolute pleasure. And I'd love to get you on again just for like just a little small segment. I mean, I know. We yeah, talk for hours. Um, yeah. we <laughs> nearly. Um, but I've loved having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what would you say? Do you have any like general any films you're looking forward to in the um, near future, or is this is are you uh, just going to rewatch your favourites for, for a little, little while? while? But horror related, I'm looking forward to The Conjuring Three. Um, uh, oh. Um, uh, and actually, uh, the strangers. Uh, no, not the strangers. The Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mix up the strangers with Stranger Things. Yeah, that's a completely. Di- I mean, can you imagine if they did a crossover no, that would be cool. Strangers and Stranger but Things? No. That would be a very, but yeah, a very. Uh, let me repeat cool, myself there, though. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually going to give the the Stranger Things a go, like you recommended, actually. So, and yeah, so yeah, yeah it's the. Absolutely. I know it's TV, guys, but, you know, TV, yeah, film, it's all related. It's all interconnected. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm actually, and I'm going to take your recommendation of Brain Dead off with me for now. But thank you for coming no, thank on, you. Simon. And yeah, no, it's just, a pleasure having you. you on. Thank you. So that's, thank you. So um, it's going to be, that's a wrap on Take 97, the spooky Halloween edition. Uh, I've been David Ingram. He's been Simon Padley. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the podcast, guys. And see you soon. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Bye-bye.